Well, good morning, and thanks for tuning in to Church in the Valley, our morning worship service. My name is Adam Groza, and I have the privilege this morning of bringing a message from God's Word. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 62. Go ahead and turn to Psalm 62, and I'm using the ESV uh, Bible. That's the version that I'm using, so you can follow along in whatever version you have. I don't think it would be too difficult, um, but if you're looking for the version I'm using, it's the ESV. So Psalm 62, go ahead and turn there, and I'm going to read this passage, and then I will pray for us, and we'll go ahead and begin uh, the message. Psalm 62. To the choir master, according to Jeduthun, a psalm of David, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone my soul waits in silence for my hope is from him he only is my rock and my salvation my fortress i shall not be shaken on god rests my salvation and my glory my mighty rock my refuge is god trust in him at all times O people pour out your hearts before him god is a refuge for us those of low estate are but a breath those of high estate are a delusion In the balances, they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. Let's pray together. Father, this morning as we're gathered in our homes, we pray that you would bind our hearts together in unity around the person and work of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, we trust that you'll do that by the power of your spirit at work in your word. And Father, I pray that you would also bind our hearts to Christ, that our affections would be on him, that our hope would be firmly established on his kingdom. And that together we would rejoice in our hardships, that we would trust you in these difficult times. In Christ's name, amen. Well, one of the interesting things about staying at home for large periods of time is that a lot of people find it hard to sleep. The loss of routines, the loss of rhythms sort of has this interesting result in a loss of time. And as a result of a loss of time, sometimes you're, you know, not sure what day it is. You feel like it's morning, but it's night. You feel like it's fall, but it's spring. And you feel like being awake when you're supposed to be asleep and asleep when you're supposed to be awake. And so these days, maybe uh, you've experienced it. Uh, It can be hard to get a night's rest. You add to that the compounding effects of stress and anxiety and family conflict and financial hardships, just for all of these reasons, uh, it can be hard 
to get your six to eight hours. Um, in regards to physical rest, you know, there's sort of a whole cottage industry of products that will help you sleep. My Pillow has been in the news. Um, lots of different mattress companies. They'll ship directly to your home. Sleep aids, chamomile teas, all kinds of products, all kinds of different uh, uh, different playlists that you can download. Sounds of rain, uh, sounds of crickets, waves, all that kind of stuff. Well, this morning I want to help you not with so much your physical rest, although maybe this will apply to that. Really, I want to address the issue of rest for your soul, spiritual rest. The title of my sermon is Rest for Your Soul. And rest for the spirit, rest for the soul, rest for the inner man can be hard to come by. But the good news of this passage is that God wants you to have rest for your, for your soul. And this passage you know, really tells us plainly that we can have rest and where to find rest. So I hope that this morning is an encouragement to you in regards to rest for your soul. So what I want to do is, is sort of look at this passage and make some big observations and then at the very end some practical uh, steps to resting in God. So the first observation that I want you to see is just that God is our is our refuge. It says this very at the very beginning. It says in verse 2, God is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Verse 6, he is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. Verse 7, my refuge is God. And so very clearly this passage reminds us that God is our fortress, our shelter, our refuge. And when you think about that word refuge, I mean, it's really kind of a word that indicates, you know, a, a safe place, a place where you can get um, away from danger, a place where you are protected. And of course, this idea that God is our refuge is that in God, our soul finds shelter. That even though things in the world are, are hard and, you know, just from a human perspective, just, uh, just, just confusing and disorienting, that in the midst of life's hardships, this is what David's going through. David is turning to God for shelter because he needs shelter because he's living in tumultuous times, times of trouble, times of hardship. And we need shelter. We need rest. God has designed us to seek refuge. And this is sort of an interesting fact about humans, that God has made us to seek shelter. When you think about the, the story of human origins, Adam and Eve, the very first humans, are created in a garden. They're created in a, in a place of refuge and shelter. And when sin enters into the world, and when Adam and Eve have to go out of the garden, out of the shelter into the world that is filling up with sin and death. Ever since that exodus from the garden, Adam and Eve and all humans have been longing and looking for shelter. Finding shelter, finding protection is in many ways 
kind of the, the, the great narrative of the human journey. Where can we go for rest for our souls? Where can we go to find peace and to find uh, protection? The problem is, like Johnny, Lang, Johnny Lee, uh, the old country song, looking for love in all the wrong places. It's kind of like that. The problem is, is that we know we are sort of created to seek shelter, but we seek shelter in all of the wrong places. The good news is that there is real shelter. There is real rest. It is possible to have peace for our souls. But it's not something we discover. It's not something that we just have to sort of be smart enough to figure out. The Bible tells us that there is rest. The Bible tells us where to find rest. The Bible tells us very clearly in this passage that God created us to have shelter in him. Usually when we turn to things other than God to find shelter, when we're looking for shelter in all the wrong places, we usually look in one of two places. We look at, to other people or we look to possessions. People and possessions are the most common places we turn for rest for our souls when we're looking away from God. And so the psalmist, David, really highlights how these two alternative shelters will not provide shelter. People and possessions can never ultimately provide you with rest for your souls. So notice what David says in our text. In verses 9 through 11, he talks about kind of the power of men. He says, those who are of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances, they go up. They are all together a breath. So whether we're talking about rich people or poor people, people with power or people without power, you will never find rest for your soul if you are ultimately looking to people to provide shelter, to provide salvation, to provide stability, people will let you down. So David is saying, look, in, in times of storm, in the storms of life, don't look to people to provide the shelter that only God can provide. People cannot provide the shelter that God alone can provide. Number two, he talks about Possessions, verse 10, put no trust in extortion, set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. So in times of trouble, we tend to look to people and we tend to look to possessions. And right now you might feel like I'm definitely not looking to possessions right now because, you know, there's so much job uncertainty, financial hardships. Nobody's wanting to look at their stock portfolio or their 401k because these are pretty discouraging times financially, but if we're not careful, we can set our hopes in the return of, of wealth or the return of riches or the return of the stock market or the return of hours or whatever it might be. And look, it's wise to plan. It's, it's wise to have a strategy, but it's not wise to put your hope, the rest of your soul. It's not wise to try to find peace in the return of possessions or in your plans to gain financial stability because as we know right now, financial stability 
is not a place where your soul will find shelter. People and possessions will let you down. God has created you to have peace in him. Second, God has made us to seek refuge in him alone. This is very important. It's very important. Notice what David says um, in verse 1. For God alone my soul waits in silence. For God alone. Uh, If we're not careful, we can make the mistake of thinking that God is, you know, kind of a place to find peace just among a lot of other things. So we can slip into this tendency to put God kind of on a shelf with lots of other things that bring us peace. You know, so God brings me peace. My money brings me peace. Other people bring me peace. You know, God's just one of a lot of things that gives us peace. But David is saying God is God alone can actually provide rest for our souls security for our souls. Even in the worst storms of life, God is a shelter and a refuge, a saving God, a protecting God, a God who guards our hearts. Notice what it says in verse 5, for God alone, my soul, oh my soul, wait in silence. For da- So David is saying God's not just another refuge. He's not even like a better refuge. He's the only Refuge. He's the only place where your soul will find peace in the midst of life's storms. David knew how hard life could be, and he has concluded, as all believers conclude, that God alone can provide shelter and refuge for our souls. David uses the word fortress in this psalm, and maybe you're being reminded of the great hymn by Martin Luther, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, which is actually based on another psalm. But I want to remind you of the words of that hymn, because that's a great hymn to sort of draw your heart's attention to the truth that God alone is a refuge in the storms of life. It says, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing, Our shelter he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Luther is reminding us that we have really three great enemies. We have sin. Sin is our enemy and Satan is our enemy And death is our enemy, our sin, Satan, and death. We have these three great enemies, but against these three great enemies, we have an even greater fortress, a greater refuge, a place where our souls can go and find peace and shelter. And that's God. And it's not just God among other shelters. It's God alone. God is our shelter. God alone can give us rest for our souls. Well, number three, notice that God made us, he made us to seek refuge in him at all times, at all times. Look at verse eight with me. Trust in him at all times, O people. Trust in him at all times. One of the dangers in life is that we, uh, we run to God when times are bad, And then when times are good, we 
sort of distance ourselves from God. And difficult times uh, serve a very good purpose, and that good purpose of difficult times is to draw our hearts back to God. And maybe, maybe that's one of the things that God is doing in your heart these days. Maybe God is drawing, your, drawing you back to him. Maybe he's reminding you of the sweetness of his fellowship and the, the goodness of his law, uh, the, the, the life-giving nature of his word, the, the uh, encouragement of his people. God, in, in many, many ways, reminds us in hardship that there is nothing as sweet as sheltering our souls under the protection of God's wings. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting because in, in, uh, elsewhere in the Psalms, in, in Psalm 119, the psalmist says, It is good that I was afflicted, for I have learned to obey your commands. And that is a hard psalm to read. It's a hard prayer to pray. But in our afflictions, uh, God reminds us of just how much we need him. But really, we need him not just in hard times, but at all times. That's what David is saying. He says that he says we are to trust in him, verse 8, at all times. It's good that a global pandemic is causing people to run to God. But look, when this is over, and I do pray that this is over soon, but the day that this is over, the day when they announce a vaccine, the day when they announce a treatment, the, the, the day when they announce that we've got this figured out, if that day comes, on that day, you will need God just as much as you need him today. On the day when you're laid off, you need God just as much as the day when you get a promotion. We need God at all times. And, and this psalm reminds us of that. God is a refuge for our souls God alone is able to give us peace. And God is the only shelter on any day of your life. And so we, we have to be careful that in the midst of, of the good work that God does in our hearts during difficult times, that we don't forget that we need God every day at all times. We'll next notice that God delights in sheltering his children. So so the, the big idea here is that God can give us rest for our souls. God is a refuge, and he's the only refuge, and that he's always our refuge. But in the midst of this, there's this, this beautiful truth that God delights. God delights in sheltering his children. God delights when we run to him and when we take shelter in him. Look at verse 7. Look in verse 7. David says, on God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. In the Bible, there is a connection between glory and joy. Um, God delights in his glory, and we are to delight in his glory. And God, um, as we delight in his glory, we get joy. God delights in his glory. We delight in God's glory. So as God's glory is displayed, God gets glory and delights in that glory, and we get joy. So the more God's glory is on display, the more joy that we get. God delights when his children run to him for rest for their souls. And when we do that, not only does God delight in that, but we get joy. 
David is saying that everything, uh, everything rests on God. Everything rests on God. He is our mighty rock. He is. He alone is our refuge. And when we rest in God, our souls get peace, and God gets glory. Perhaps you've had the experience of being at a park uh, when your kids are little. I've had this experience where, you know, you're at a park and your kids are little, and you know, there's there's other parents, and there's other kids, and you know, maybe you're visiting with the other parents, and then you hear a child start to cry, and all the parents stop, and you're trying to figure out is that is that my child, and then you know you're able to eventually discern among all the cries of all the kids. This is my child that's crying. And then you go to your child. And usually as you're going to your child, your child is going to you. And as a parent, that's what you want. As a parent, you're moving towards your child and your child is moving towards you. You know, and there's that moment where you embrace them and you want them to come to you. And they want to come to you when they are in distress, when they are in trouble. And this is kind of the picture of the prodigal son. You know, as the son comes home, he's going to the father, and the father is is running to him and embraces him. James 4 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Look, no matter whether, you know, you've been far from God, or, or maybe this week just maybe you've been slipping into old sin patterns, maybe there's been conflict. Uh, the beautiful thing is that if if you will move towards God in faith, he will... He will move towards you. He, he's welcoming to his children. He delights when we shelter in him. You're not going to bother him. You're not going to trouble him. He's infinitely powerful. He has an infinite attention span. He knows all things. And so when you move towards God in your trouble, he not only welcomes that, he delights in that. And when you do that, you will get joy and you will have the joy of sheltering in the only place where you can actually find find peace for your soul. Well, let me give you some practical steps for taking refuge in God. I, I, I want you to leave this sermon and really have an idea of what it looks like practically to shelter in, in God, to, for God to be your refuge, for God to be the place where your soul can find peace. Peace, as you trust in Jesus Christ, God is your refuge. So what does that look like practically, like this this week as we're at home and troubled by what's going on in our world? How, how practically can we practice sheltering in God? We're sheltering physically at home. How can we shelter our home, our souls in God in such a way that we have peace? Well, number one, notice in verse eight, prayer. Prayer is a practical way that we can seek refuge and seek shelter in God. Verse 8 says, Trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart. I mean, what what an amazing command. We are in this passage commanded to pour out our hearts to God. Um, You know, there's a time to pour out your heart to people. There's a time to sort of to uh, you know call your friend and you know let them know just 
what's on your heart. There's value in that. But look, before we go to other people, um, we need to go to God. We need to pour out our hearts to God. Our Heavenly Father is always there. He always listens. And when you run to God, when you flee to God as your shelter, and when you pour out your heart just practically, when you just cry out to him and pray to him and let him know your troubles and your worries and your fears and your concerns, when you just go to him as your father, what you will find is that you are received um, with just endless grace. God will receive you. He will shelter you. And when you pour out your heart to him, you will find yourself experiencing peace because you are laying your life on the mighty rock, God, who is our refuge. So prayer is just a practical way that we shelter in God, that we seek refuge in God. Number two, humility. So when we pray, we are we are just practically sheltering our souls in God and, and we'll experience peace from prayer. But we also experience peace when we shelter, practically speaking, in humility. Notice what it says in verse 5. It says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. It says it in verse 1 as well. For God alone my soul waits in silence. Now, when we think about waiting in silence before God, oftentimes we think of Psalm 46, 2, which says, be still and know that I am God. And, and oftentimes this idea of being still and being silent can, you know, kind of have a connotation of being just meditative and being, um, yeah, just kind of sitting in a quiet place and just, just, just not talking and, and just listening but, but if you read Psalm 46 too, the context of being still and knowing that God is God, the context is of, of the nations uh, raging against God. The context is the fact that people rebel against God. People war against God. The, the nations are sort of in rebellion against God. And when you are still before God, when you are quiet before God, the implication is that you are submitting yourself to God. You are being humble before God. You're saying, God, I'm not going to try to run my life. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust your will. And so being still, you know, more than just kind of being meditative and reflective, being still really has this idea in the Bible of being submissive, of being humble, of saying, God, I used to do it my way. And now I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to submit my life to your word. I want to bring all of me under the lordship, the good, gracious lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, this idea of, of humility being kind of illustrated in silence is evident in the book of Job. When Job is kind of firing off questions to God, kind of being argumentative with God, we've all been there. Um, you know, there's this point where God answers him and Job responds by putting his hand over his mouth. And in Job 44, Job says, behold, I am of small account. And that reminds us of our passage 
here uh, in verses 9 through 11. But Job says this, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. And this is really the idea. Look, if you want to have peace for your soul this week, you've got to know that God is the refuge. He's the only refuge. He is the refuge at all times. And he delights when we seek refuge in him. And we can do that through prayer. But we also practically do that when we just submit our life to God, to his word, to the conviction of his spirit. When we don't sort of, uh, when we don't turn away from conviction, when we are quick to confess, quick to repent, when we practice humility, we will experience rest as we shelter in the presence of God. Well, let me just make as a point of conclusion uh, an observation about verses 11 and 12. If you look at verses 11 and 12, it says, Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God. Now, what does that mean? Actually, something very similar is also said in the book of Job, that God says something once and then he says it twice. And the idea is that what God has said is firmly established. Look, God is your refuge. That's never going to change. Your soul can find peace in God. Nothing can take that away from you. Um, Look, we live in difficult times. But verse 11 reminds us that God is our shelter. He alone is our shelter. And he'll always be our shelter. We will spend eternity sheltering in the presence of God. Just as Adam and Eve were secure in God's presence, in the eternal state, in the new heavens and the new earth, we will shelter and take refuge forever in the presence of God. So that'll never change. That should give you a lot of comfort during difficult times. But not only is God always our refuge, but also notice what it says in verse 12. And that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. So God has work for us to do. And this isn't working for your salvation. This is working out your salvation. And the work that we have to do, brothers and sisters, this week, today, the work that God has for us is to believe him, to trust his word, to rest our life upon his promises and his, and his victorious work in Christ. Our work is to trust God, to go to him, to believe that he alone can shelter, he alone can save, he alone can provide for our body, for our souls, what we need, which is rest. During this time, we're, we're sheltering physically at home. We're sheltering our bodies at home. But this passage commands us to shelter our souls in God. And God can give us peace. God alone can give us refuge. God can give us peace at all times. And God delights when we flee to him and find in him refuge for our soul as we pray and as we submit our lives to his good, gracious Lordship. Let me pray this for us 
And I look forward to when we can be together again soon. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to rest our souls in you. I pray that you would help us to flee to Christ, maybe for the first time. Maybe there's someone watching this that has really never trusted in Christ. I pray that they would do that right now. I pray that they would see in Jesus Christ the only acceptable sacrifice for their sin and that they would trust in him and be born again. I pray, God, for those of us who are have already trusted in Christ, that we would be quick to flee to you, that we would trust in you, that we would remember that what you want from us this week is to find shelter in Christ and to turn to you in our discouragement, in our hardships, in our fear, in our worries, and exchange in exchange for joy and in exchange for peace. And God, we know you'll accomplish this by your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.